Uh, is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, Hey, um, hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Jeff Bajoric, and this is the Rethink the Way You Sell podcast. We are 15 episodes now into season two about top performers and specifically the differences between top performers and really everybody else. And what's interesting is most of those differences and what I'm talking about here on this season is rather intangible. It doesn't have anything to do with selling skills. They don't have more closing techniques memorized than the average salesperson, but they do a lot of things that most salespeople know they need to do but for some reason, they can't find a way to execute. So to sum this all up, and I hate to bury the lead here, but the biggest difference between top performers and everybody else is that they execute more often on the things that are most important. And the last kind of section or chapter in this season had to do with taking responsibility for the outcomes, not pointing fingers, not laying blame. Uh, this little section here, these next few episodes, have to do with how they approach doing that work, how they approach taking responsibilities for getting those outcomes. It's not enough to just say, well, I'm going to make sure this happens. It's about looking at that bigger picture, not just asking how to do something, but thinking about what needs to be done. What exactly are they taking responsibility for? What is that bigger picture that needs to happen? This is where I think a lot of average salespeople who mean well, and I, I, I hate to call them average salespeople, right? I mean, this is strictly based on performance. There's a lot of really good people out there who really just can't figure out why they aren't performing better. And that's exactly what this podcast and particularly this season is designed to help them with. But it's really about understanding that bigger picture. What needs to happen here? And when I work with companies, I say that I remind them what needs to be done, I show them how to do it, and then I make them believe that they can. This is the remind you what needs to be done part, right? We need qualified leads. 
I don't care if you call them on the phone. I don't care if you send smoke signals to them, right? Most salespeople are arguing about the best techniques for prospecting. Hey, I don't care how you get it done. What are you getting done, right? Do we have enough pipeline, right? That is the concept here that needs to, that most people need to be reminded of. But so many people just, they, they spend so much time in the minutia arguing and wasting resources, effort, energy, time. They've taken their eye off the ball when they do that. Top performers relentlessly execute the fundamentals. Yes, I know. Fundamentals are boring. Yes, that's why I'm not. That's actually one of several reasons why I'm not playing basketball in the NBA. Beyond my clear physical um, shortcomings, I refuse to practice dribbling with my left hand. I refuse to work on the things that I knew, I even knew that I was going to need these things to be successful, but I thought I could get by just doing what was comfortable. Does that sound familiar? What are the things that need to be done? You need to prospect. You need to block time to prospect. You need to make sure that you are filling your pipeline. You need to make sure and I said this a couple of episodes ago, you need to make sure that you are aware of your sales process and where you are in it so that you can work through it effectively. Because you can't sell more unless you spend more time selling and make sure you advance your prospects through the sales process as quickly as possible. You can't speed up someone's buying process, but you can avoid slowing down your own sales process. So are you constantly aware of those things? When you walk into a meeting, are you asking yourself, or before you walk into a meeting, are you asking yourself, what needs to be done here? What am I going to ask for? How am I going to ask? Like I continue to bring these things up. I think there's so much overlap between this particular topic and the one that I introduced just a couple of episodes ago. But are you doing the work? If we looked at your calendar, and I borrowed this loosely from my friend Mike Weinberg, if we looked at your calendar... Would it be used against you in a court of law to convict you of being in sales? Does your calendar have those most important tasks, those most important things blocked off? Are you utilizing your CRM for the tool that it really is? Or are you still skeptical that it's some tool for Big Brother to watch you do your job the way they want you to? All the talk about sales enablement and tech and tools and all these things. It's really easy to get caught up in. I need this tech stack. I need all these things to do, to, to use. I need these apps. I need this. I need that. I need the other thing. You know what? There are a lot of really effective salespeople out there still utilizing a pen and paper and a telephone. I don't think anybody's using pagers anymore. Um, I think we've replaced and supplanted that technology, but old school still gets it done. Why? Because the blocking and tackling remains the same. Can you get a lot more done with tech and tools and things like that? Of course you can. That's why they're available. That's why they're valuable. But if you think you need that in order to be effective, in order to be effective at all, you're wrong. You're, understand, you're misunderstanding the assignment. You know, there are a lot of people out there trying to figure out how to sell to a thousand people at the same time, couldn't sell to one interested prospect in front of them. You're getting it backward. So what is it that needs to be done? 
Then let's figure out the best way for you to do it. And this is, I think, very, very vital. I was at the Outbound Conference. I spoke there in 2021. I'm speaking there again in 2022. I was having a conversation out in front of my table with a couple of salespeople. And we were just talking about one of the speakers. And I don't remember which one. But, you know, I said, what most people fail to realize is that you can't sell like me. You can't take my words. I can't just write you a script and have you go use it. You won't be as effective with it as I am because they're not your words. It's not your feelings. It's not your emotions. It's not your style. It's not your swagger. It's not anything authentic to you. But you can take what I've said. You can try to distill the underlying fundamentals and principles for why I said it. And then you can make those your own. You can sell like you. You can't sell like me. I can't sell like you. I mean, it works both ways. And in this economy where humans buy from humans and people want to relate with other people and think about everything we've missed over the past couple of years and we're getting to interact with people human to human again, it's, I mean, handshakes are amazing, right? That same energy comes through when you can sell authentically, when you can sell like you. And authenticity is a bit of a buzzword. I try to stay away from it, but that is kind of where I'm going here. If you are just looking for that silver bullet, if you're looking for that magical playbook, if you're looking for a step-by-step directions on how to sell most effectively, what's the four words that I should use in every subject line to get my emails returned? Uh, What's the magic opener on a cold call that's going to get the prospect's attention? It's going to differ from person to person, as it should. That's the beauty of what we do. So top performers are inspired by others. They pay attention. But they distill what's really going on. They understand it, and then they make it their own. And the thing is, when you make it your own, you have more fun, which means you're more likely to do it. It's also much more effective because of that relationship and that connection that you create that I just mentioned. And so not only are you having more fun, doing it more often at a higher level, that's what exponential growth sounds like, right? But now you're more fulfilled by it because you've done it in a way that feels authentic to you. That's what a top performer is. You can do that. It takes a little work. It's easier said than done. But I'm laying these principles out here for you so you can take them, you can use them, you can get to work on them, you can practice them, and you can ultimately come close. I don't think you'll ever perfect them, but you can come close. And along the way, you'll realize how fulfilling, how much fun selling at a high level actually is. And I'm not going to lie, the commission checks don't hurt. But even if you're not doing that, Even if you're, I've worked with a lot of clients where there are no variable comp, there's no variable comp in their plans. They sell this way and they're more rewarded for it. And it's fun, fun, fun to watch. So I'm really excited to dig into the next couple of episodes with you. Um, I've got my friends Dewan Brown and Camille Clemens coming up next, and they are talking about a theme that you'll actually hear later this season too, coincidentally, which is fun, but how you approach what you do and how you do anything is how you do everything. And is that appropriate? Does that 
speak to you? Does that describe what you do? And uh, also want to go back into the archives uh, from another solo episode I did on Deeper Thought about how we've always been told that leaders are readers, but I think leaders are doers. It's not enough to read. It's not enough to know. What's really important is that you execute. That is a theme that is running throughout this season. So I'm really excited to share this stuff with you. Go to my website, join the mailing list. You can go to the podcast page on the website. You can download the ebook that goes along with this season. I'm putting this together as a resource for you. I hope you take a look at that. It's going to challenge you to think a little differently. It's going to provide you with a a visual aid and a guide for when uh, the podcast isn't right there in front of you. And uh, I think you're going to be able to find these. I think you're going to find these tools to be quite, quite valuable. So thanks again for being here. I really appreciate your attention. And I'm going to talk to you again very soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.